For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, it is Friday, January 31st, and I'm currently recording live from a hotel in Miami, Florida. It's very, very nice. It's um, it's set up like little Havana. I don't want to say the name because I don't want to make anybody's life miserable who's also staying at this hotel, just in case, you know. But I'm down here, obviously, for get up in the morning. Then our show from Radio Row kicking off at 10 a.m. with Drew Brees. Fucking Drew Brees at the Radio Row. Uh, I think that should be a good time. Very loud pool party happening directly next door. Probably the loudest bass I've ever heard in my entire life. And that, that's saying something. Because my brother and Nick Moraldo and others were in car clubs that used to put 12s in the back, cuz. Anyways, the boom booms are on next door. And tomorrow's going to be a pretty electric day, I believe. I'm on with Rich Eisen. I think it's 12, 13. No, I have no idea. One. I don't know. Somewhere in that time. Catch up with him. Chit-chat with him. It's going to be a great day. And the conversations we have for you today, I think you're going to like. I think you're going to enjoy these. Pretty solid. Talk. I mean, I, I asked some real questions to some people here today. Juju, I asked some real questions to them. I think um, I think the situation between him and Antonio Brown is an interesting one. And I had to ask him about it. Very much in the camp that I hope Antonio Brown figures it all out and gets back in the league and becomes a great member of society and keeps it moving. I hope that very much. But whenever you hear this juju answer... I think you're going to be impressed with Juju mightily. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek, the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth. And all the boys and my lady are over there eating, so they won't say it, but I will. The moon. If you're going to buy tickets to a live event right here on Earth. Like, for instance, I'm sure there's tickets to this fucking boom boom party happening next door. There ain't nobody at this thing. But if they wanted to, I'm thinking there's a chance they could have bought the tickets through SeatGeek because SeatGeek has tickets to everything. Comedians saying funny shit on the stage. It's a good date. Concerts. Watching just elite individuals just completely savage a guitar. Or sing the hell out of a song. And how about a live sporting event? Super Bowl is coming up. Superb Owl. I'm not sure I'm even allowed to say it in the end. But basketball, you name it. They got tickets for everything. And right now you use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. All right. Let's get to the damn show here. It's a goodie. Today, I will be traveling with a few of the boys down to Miami for the Super Bowl. The last time I did this, okay, the last time I traveled to Miami for a Super Bowl, I was playing in the game. And all week leading up to the Super Bowl, friends and family were chit-chatting. It's the biggest game of all time. And I was 22 years old, had no idea how to punt, was riding the coattails of Peyton Manning after four years of riding the coattails of Pat White and Steve Slayton. I mean, I just was riding coattails into these magical moments. Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Gator Bowl. (laughs) Monique Car Care Bowl. And now we had won 14 straight games in a regular season. I didn't even know how to punt, but it didn't matter. We had Peyton Manning, a quarterback, and a great defense. Then we chose to lose two games, which everybody was very upset about the OGs of the team. Like, we want to knock out the 72 Dolphins for being the only team that was undefeated. But Bill Polian made the decision for us to, you know, rest the starters the last two weeks because we didn't have to play them or have to win. We had home field advantage. We win. We get to the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Confetti's flying. We're going to the Super Bowl. And then we take the trip down to Miami. 
It was incredible. Peyton Manning took us out the first night to dinner and then some drinks afterwards, get a nice night's sleep. The next night, I went out with the defense. We went to a couple uh, adult ballets. We had a great time. <laughs> it was a wild evening. And then we all kind of hunkered down for the rest of the week. Like, hey, you know what, everybody? We got our partying out of us. We're down here in Miami. We got everything we could pot uh, potentially want coming to us on Sunday. We got to play the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees. Let's go ahead and hunker down. So for the entire week, we did our practices, and practices were different because you got all the stars are coming out. We practiced at the Miami Dolphins facility, which is a very nice place, by the way. You got palm trees, everywhere. very windy. I mean, it was a nightmare to punt, and I, I might as well have not even did it anyways. I mean, I was just punting all over the place. Chris Berman was walking. There was like people just coming to our practice that weren't normally there, shaking hands, kissing babies. It was an entirely different world, obviously. But when I was talking to my friends and family, they're like, hey, man, you could potentially be kicking off the Super Bowl. And I was like, well, I don't even want to think about that. I don't want that. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So now as we get closer to the game, they're like, hey, you're going to kick off the Super Bowl. You cannot embarrass your family and your friends. I'm like, I'm, that's not going to happen. Don't worry about that. So we finally get to the game day. I jog out to warm up. I get a chance to talk to Deion Sanders right there. Lifelong dream being a, a big fan of that guy. And I'm punting to Reggie Bush in the game. So I strike up a little conversation with Dion. He has no idea I exist, obviously. I go, hey, man, Reggie Bush is a returner. What would you do if you were me? And he was like, hey, keep it out of his hands, boy. <laughs> I was like, well, Dion, I wish I could control punts like you think I could. I have no idea where this ball is going. I was drafted to punt. I have no idea how to punt. Then... As the game continues to go on, I see my, my family and friends in the top row of the stadium. Top, top, top row of the stadium. Obviously, when you're a rookie punter, you get a lot of pool with your Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> my family was at the top row. They, they were literally, they could have just rappelled down the outside <laughs> of the stadium if they wanted to, right? So I jog on the field, I see him up there. I'm like, man, this is awesome, you know? This is really cool to be here. This is just for opening warm-ups or whatever. And my one friend's like, hey, you're gonna kick off the Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't even wanna think about it. I don't even wanna think about it. So as the game goes on, or as the warm-ups go on, I wanna get a picture. My dad's got a camera, you know? It's like a magical moment. I have to go over to where the Super Bowl 44 sign is or whatever on the field. Drew Brees is on her warming up. I'm like, Drew, my dad. <laughs> my dad's got a camera. Hey, can you get the hell out of the way? Yeah. All right. Boiler up. So I stand there, take a picture, wave to my dad. How's it going, old man? Good to see you. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot. It doesn't even feel like it's a real game. The crowd isn't like an, a, a, a dominant Saints crowd. It's not a dominant Colts crowd. It's just like an interesting crowd. Very corporate. You got a lot of people that just go. So just everything felt different and felt weird, you know? And as I go back inside, Vinatieri's looking at me. He's not playing in the game because he was hurt. He was like, hey, there's only been a few amount of people that have kicked off a Super Bowl. It could be you. And I'm like, Vinny, I'm already hearing it from my friends and family. I don't need to hear from you. That is a massive moment I'm not prepared for. He's like, well, get prepared for it. It could potentially happen. I'm like, I hope not. So we go out there. You got the national anthem. Carrie Underwood sang it. She crushed. Obviously, it was a great singing performance. And then it came time for the coin toss. Okay? And I'm just kind of walking around on the sideline. And they go out there and... Drew Brees calls it, boom, they win the Super Bowl, or they win the coin toss, and I go, oh, no, he's going to want the ball. Drew Brees is going to want the ball. And they go, the Saints have won the coin toss, and they have elected to receive. And I'm like, damn it! <laughs> Here we go! So I, uh, the equipment manager that I always talk to, his name's Frog. Frog had my tea every time. Frog came, comes up to me, and he goes, uh, hey, give it a ride, kid. And I go... How about you? <laughs> How about you doing? He was like, don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. I was like, Frog, what if I hit the worst opening kickoff in the history of the Super Bowl? He's like, you're not. You're going to be good. I was like, I feel like there's a chance I could. Like, at some point, somebody's going to have the worst kickoff in the history of the Super Bowl. At some point, somebody's going to kick this out of bounds. That could be me today. He goes, no, 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 not you, Pat. But if it was, pretty memorable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So I get the tee, and I go into the huddle. And I, Pat, you want to kick it left? You want to kick it right? I said, uh, Let's just hope I get it off the tee, okay? Let's just hope I get, I want to kick it dead straight. I go, okay, let's just do that. We'll just do a, a you, you sure you don't want to kick it left or right? I just want to get it off the tee. Okay, you got it. So I go out onto the field. I put my tee down. And uh, this is the first time in my life I've really been incredibly nervous. My entire life. This is the first time I've ever been incredibly nervous. I played in a lot of big moments, and I've missed some big kicks, but I was never nervous. So I think it was always because I had a lack of nerves almost. I was like kind of too relaxed in situations. This is the first time in my life where I could feel my entire sphincter just tight up as, as tight as it could possibly get. It was tighter than the new Atlanta Stadium whenever they closed. <laughs> I was so nervous. So I, I go down, I put the tee down. 
and I look up and there's just a sky cam like right here. And I'm like, well, <laughs> why is that there? I mean, so I go down, I act like I'm fidgeting with the T again. I look back up and uh, the ref walks over to me and he hands me the ball and he goes, uh, good luck today, man. Uh, if you're gonna hit any onside kicks, just let us know. I'm, like, I'm not hitting an onside kick, okay? <laughs> I'm not hitting an onside kick. I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Greg. I was like, Greg, congratulations on getting a ref the Super Bowl. He goes, congrats to you too. I was like, let's see. <laughs> you know, like, let's see if this is a celebratory moment or not. He hands me the ball and he goes, good luck. And I'm like, you too, Greg. So Greg backs out. Greg Steed was his name. I put the, tea, the ball on the tee. I look back up. Sky Cam still just staring at me. I'm like, will this thing get the hell out of here? So as I act like I'm putting the ball back down again, Sky Cam goes flying out. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I take my steps back and that's the first time in my life I really like took it in the moment. I'm like, oh my God, I'm kicking off the Super Bowl right now. This is pretty cool. And I normally would point to the farthest guy right, see if he's ready, like, hey, you ready over there? Farthest guy left, you ready over there? And that gives a signal to everybody else on the kickoff team that we're about to go. This is the first time I look to my right, and the, the way kickoff teams are counted is outside in, it goes one, two, three, four, five. And then you got your L, one, two, three, four, five. My R5. His eyes were glued open, it looked like. I've never seen anybody that either scared or focused. And I like looked at him, I'm like, we ready? He's like, yeah, ready. I'm like, all right, and you ready? Yeah. I look up at the play clock. We're about to get a delay a game on the opening kickoff of the Super Bowl after all of this magic. So I go running at the ball, and as I get about three yards, four yards away from it, flashes just start going off, and I'm like, oh, my is my penis out? <laughs> oh my God. Flashes everywhere. I barely even make contact with the ball. It gets off, obviously. There's an incredible photo that my mom and dad have at the house of me kicking it off. And it wasn't the best kickoff in the history of the Super Bowl, but wasn't the worst kickoff <laughs> in the history of the Super Bowl. And that, my friends, is damn good news. I'm excited to get down to Miami. I'm excited to do the Radio Row thing tomorrow morning. I'm excited to watch the 100th NFL season come to the end this weekend. And uh, although it brings up terrible memories in hindsight, I really wish we would have won the coin toss and got the ball because that second half kickoff really ended up to be a pretty important play <laughs> in the history of the things. Sean Payton talked about that this morning on Pro Football Talk. He said they were banking on Hank Basket bailing, and instead Hank Basket didn't bail. It just took a bad hop before, the, before he could get the hang of it and, or the hold of it. And I'll tell you what, that guy's life has never been the same since that moment. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that get blamed for the loss of that game. And none of them are me. And I feel <laughs> very, very, very good about that. Uh, but there's obviously a lot of memories here. And none of them are good. None of them are good. I mean, getting to play in the Super Bowl, I guess, is cool. Getting to kick off a Super Bowl is cool. Uh, but heading back down there, it's basically they're having a celebration of the Saints team that won 10 years ago, everything. I mean, it's just, I can't wait to get down there. Joining us now representing putting on for Gatorade more specifically bolt 24 a pro bowler an internet sensation a man who is an absolute stud on and off the field ladies and gentlemen wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers Juju Smith-Schuster Juju. <laughs> how are you brother I'm doing great, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, no problem. Thank you for coming on. You're a legend. Let's talk about Boat 24 and what it means to you. And what, in specific, what is Gatorade trying to do with Boat 24? Uh, so Boat 24 uh, is basically the new product that's off the field. Um, you know, basically I use it for hydration, electrolytes. Uh, when I'm gaming, when I'm outside, hanging out, chilling, when I'm in the club, hanging out, uh, you know, I drink it. Uh, it's the best fuel for your body. And then when I'm competing, obviously I use Gatorade. Okay, well, I respect the hell out of that. Uh, I I was with Gatorade for a while, then I hopped over to PD Light during my partying years, <laughs> and then I went back to Gatorade. Obviously, it's optimal performance, and Bolt Twenty Four is delicious. Now, let's talk about you, Juju. You were a guy who got it when it came to being an entrepreneur and everything like that off the field, utilizing your platform and your incredible abilities in the NFL to propel yourself off of the field. Now, I'm from Pittsburgh, right? So whenever I saw you doing this and taking advantage of this type of opportunity off the field and becoming this super celebrity that you've become in the gaming world and on YouTube, I knew that there was a chance and I was also somebody who was very active business-wise while playing. I knew that there was a chance if any 
type of stumble in your playing game, whether it was an injury or anything like that would happen, that Yinzers in particular would hold everything that you were doing off the field against you. That's kind of happened this year by dumb people, not smart people, but dumb people. Did you get to hear any of that noise this year? You were riddled with injury. Beginning of the season, a coach passes away. I mean, this was a tough year from you and a, for you, and a lot of people started targeting uh, the internet stuff because of it. Oh, for sure, man. You know, when you, you know, perform at the highest level and have like, high expectations, uh, the first thing you hear about is like, oh, he's playing too much video games. Oh, he's doing too much branding stuff. Too many sponsors. He's doing too much stuff off the field. Um, you know, and that's like, that's, I think that's how, how it was. But, you know, for myself, you know, I just stayed focused, you know, I block out the noise. Um, those were the things that I, was, that I knew that I was going to come with, you know, uh, with me here and all that. So uh, it, it was a tough season, you know, the situation we had with different quarterbacks, uh, me having my own personal injuries to my knee and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, I still came out healthy and uh, we finished the season strong. You are no stranger to going through hard times. I looked into your story a little bit. Your high school, from what I read, during your high school years, you were sleeping on the floor of a garage, basically, with the rest of your family. Then you go to USC. You become a superstar. And then now you're in the NFL taking care of your family. It's a beautiful story of a guy that goes, now I don't want to say rags to riches, but from hard times to good times. Is that something you'll lean on for whenever you get maybe, you know, people coming after you in a sad way that you're mentally tough to get through anything? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I think my mental is very, very tough in a situation where, you know, I've been to the lowest. Uh, you know, from you know what Drake said, started from the bottom, now I'm at the top. So, uh, you know, with myself, man, it's always about, man, like, I, I didn't have any of this. And, you know, I'm grateful for all of this and I'm humble. So um, all I can do is go up from here. Juju, you, you never, ever stop being the entrepreneur that you are. I just want to let you know. The game will end at some point for everybody. This entrepreneur and this real estate that you're gathering on the internet will be here forever. It's very intelligent of you. I want you to let you know. And no matter what anybody says, you can tell them to go fornicate themselves, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. awesome, man. I appreciate that. That's so cool you say. Hey, no problem. I did a lot of this whenever I was playing, not to your level, but I did a lot of the same thing. And I knew that if I had any stumbles at all, or and I was a much less important player to the team but i knew that if i wasn't perfect people are going to say things i saw it start happening to you and i was like i hope he doesn't get shy or shy away from this now i gotta pivot you became the number one guy which automatically becomes with a lot of pressure the guy that you were in a wide receiver meeting room with antonio brown has been a known hater publicly of yours did you see this coming whenever you two were teammates or did this kind of come out of nowhere it kind of came out of nowhere, you know, it came out of left field. I did not expect to see any of this, um, you know, playing with Antonio Brown, you know, the, my first couple of years, like, you know, we always talked about being great and, you know, dominating, and that's what we did. You know, our last time that, you know, we played with each other, you know, we both had over 1,000 yards, over 100, 100 catches, and, you know, what's going on right now off the field, uh, social media-wise, it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy, you know, I did not expect none of this. Yeah, it, it seems as if, and now this is from an outsider's perspective, and I actually had a pretty good relationship with Antonio Brown, as I assume you did as well. Whenever he started taking shots at you, I think a lot of people are like, man, why is he acting like this towards Juju instead of helping him out and building him up, which I assume that you guys did whenever you were in wide receiver room. Is that accurate? Were you two a, a team that was trying to help each other out for a long time, and then all of this is kind of just, boom, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, man, it was, that's how it was, you know, we were kind of like, you know, hand for hand, like, let's both be great, let's both do this, let's both, you know, reach our goal, and then, uh, you know, the situation, what happened, you know, with him, and, you know, with the Steelers, you know, it's, it's tough, it's a tough situation. Okay, so let's, uh, let's pivot to Mike Tomlin. Because what you guys were able to do this year without Ben Roethlisberger, trading in for Minka Fitzpatrick, being able to get as many wins as you did in a potential playoff run almost, what is Mike Tomlin like as a coach? And does he get – why doesn't he get enough respect, I think, as other coaches do? Uh, Mike Tomlin, I mean, why I think he's one of the best coaches i ever had is because he's so authentic, he's so real. Um, he keeps it how it is. He doesn't beat around the bush. Um, he's just one of the coaches that, you know, he'll tell you straight up, you know, how if you're going to lose your job or, you know, your position, you're, and you, you know how it is. And it's just so crazy because, you know, a lot of guys, but, well, now nah, I want to help you. But, no, nah, my time is walking to me. And I'm like, no, if you're not producing, you're not doing this, like, we got other players ready to come, like, at home that's on the couch ready to play. So <laughs> he's one of those guys that just always keeps it real. What are you doing this off season to get better at football? Man, I'm training uh, with this trainer, uh, Corey Calliott. He's um, it's a one-on-one -on -one session, but you know he trained like Michael Jordan and a lot of other guys. You know, just you know, getting lean, losing weight, uh, cutting up, getting faster, working on routes and stuff like that. So, um, trying to get to that next level. 
Ben Roethlisberger is this quarterback that has been perennially great. I mean, legitimately massive numbers, great quarterback. But off the field, sometimes he says things where people go, that's not what elite quarterbacks do. This year, while Ben was on the bench and while he was injured and out, was he around? Was he helping out as much as possible? And how do you view your relationship with Ben Roethlisberger? So my relationship with Ben is amazing. It's actually pretty awesome. You know, my first year was kind of tough because, you know, he doesn't like <laughs> all rookies. <laughs> Especially wide receivers, I guess, when you've had a guy who's been in the league for 15 years plus. And, uh, you know, I had to work towards that, prove myself that I can play with him. Uh, and that's what I did. So our, our relationship was great. Um, you know, this offseason, I mean, this past season, you know, he's been hurt. He's been injured uh, since week two. And, you know, he's been around, actually. He's been traveling. He's been in the office. He's, he's been helping us out. Uh, he's just one of those guys, man, that just wants the best for the team. All right. Hey, what's the streamer bowl? What's going on with that? And are you going to win it? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm with my boy Booga today. Uh, Booga's the one I won last year. Uh, he won last, the Fortnite World Cup um, as a solo player. So it'll be cool, man. Streamer bowl is basically uh, everybody that's going to be gaming. Uh, it's basically like a 2v2 uh, with a professional Fortnite player and uh, a pro athlete. How long have you been in the game? You've been a gamer for the recent history here, and are you worth a damn at it? Or very, 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 very long time. Are you good? Very, very long time. Are you good? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> it. Good. When you play Madden, you throw the ball to yourself every time? Uh, yeah, usually uh, after a Sunday game, if I don't get the ball enough, I just go home and throw it to myself. <laughs> 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 uh, you'll also be a part of the pre-fight productions tonight on DAZN for the Jake Paul fight. Uh, what are you looking forward to that? Man, this is my first fight. I'm super excited uh, for, you know, just to be on DAZN, uh, hang out with the guys and everybody out there, man. It's going to be cool to see uh, uh, Jake Paul, you know, uh, go out there and just go out there and just dominate, man. I'm just super excited. You know, he's a big YouTuber. Uh, all my family watches him. And it's going to be pretty cool to see him go out there and dominate. Juju, you should go duck hunting with Duck for a YouTube video. That's just something I'm thinking. Yeah, I was, James Washington does it too on our team. Uh, I think it'd be honestly, man, that's a good idea, man. I think that's, that's pretty cool. What do I like you, that? What do you do whenever you're thinking of videos concepts for your? You, do you have a team with you? You do a lot of great stuff, uh, like even in Pittsburgh, a lot of charitable stuff on your YouTube. You do a lot of really good stuff. What is the process behind that whole thing? Man, honestly, man, if I wake up one day and I was like, yo, I want to do this, let's do it. So, for example, um, I had a water balloon fight like two days before. Like, it's almost like, I was like three, four hundred people showed up. And like, it was like the biggest water balloon fight in Pittsburgh. And it was like, 10, like two days before. It's just all spontaneous and what's going on in the world. And like, just however I feel, how much I want to spend. But uh, it's pretty cool, man. The money you spend, you make it back in YouTube. Amen. Hey. Hey. Men. <laughs> Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, pro bowler, a guy who's going to get back into good graces with the city of Pittsburgh next year whenever he dominates. Not that he isn't already, but just the dumb yinzers out there. Uh, wide receiver from Pittsburgh Steelers, YouTube sensation. About to be a streamer bowl champion. And you can catch him on tonight's pre-fight production with the zone, Juju Smith-Schuster. Thank you, Juju. That was awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I love specialists. Hey, <laughs> my guy. I see you. Um... That Antonio Brown stuff was interesting. Mm -hmm. Came out of nowhere. I was excited to talk to him. Literally, the only thing I wanted to ask him about was that. Because, what do you call him? Poo-poo. Boo-boo yeah. Schuster. Boo -boo. <laughs> That's what he called. But the thing that Antonio Brown would do that, like a lot of people from the outside. Now, obviously, we're learning more and more about Antonio Brown as the days go on, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're all learning more and more about him. And Antonio Brown, I still feel as if there's a chance for him to potentially turn us all around if he gets his mental health checked out, right? If he can figure out a way to get his chemicals balanced, which is something that has to happen for some people, and he can get back into it, that would be great. It feels like that's what's happening. I'm no doctor. But whenever he started going after Juju, a lot of people were very – I was like, why is he going after Juju? Because mm -hmm. he looks bitter whenever that happens, and that's kind of what took place. Well, I think it's because Juju won team MVP the year before. And AB was not happy about that. Yeah, but who cares? Well, he does. Right. I, I didn't. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Juju's. And for people who come at Juju for like doing all that, he's 23 years old, man. He's a kid. Yeah, he's smart, though. Yeah. And my, by the way, whenever you're sleeping on a garage floor, whenever you're in high school and then yeah. with your six siblings and just 
And I mean, and now you've made it. It's like, you know what? I want to make sure that this money's coming forever. And uh, granted, he's going to have to have a better year. He's going to have to dominate. Now, granted, he got hurt. His coach passed away. There's a lot of things that fall into that, especially being a professional athlete. Whenever you're at 75%, you're not going to look as good as you did at potentially 90 or 100%, which I think happened. But I think for him, I think he gets back in and dominates next year. It's going to be a beautiful telling story mm-hmm. for all Yinzers everywhere. Um... Coming to you live from the Boom Booms. Once again, to let you know that this is an important PSA brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your public... Nope, sorry. Pubic. Oh, I've been reading this wrong. I've been reading this wrong the entire time. This is your pubic service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Okay? The greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. There's been a lot of ball hair trimmers that have been created up until this point. But what I'm saying during this pubic service announcement is that this is the greatest one ever. This new trimmer was just released days ago. And we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer is now available for purchase. This is a third generation Manscaped trimmer. Features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Okay, here we go. I've been talking about Manscaped for a while now. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. Lasts up to 90 minutes, has an LED light to illuminate the grooming areas, a 7,000 RPM motor. Listen to this 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Doesn't nick or snag your nuts at all. 7,000 RPM. I have no idea what that means, but that sounds like them blades are a humming, and that's probably why it's as smooth as butter. Go willy-nilly on your willy-nilly. It won't nick or snag your nuts. Let's not forget about the charging stand. Show how your show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PAT at manscaped.com. And as always, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PAT. Joining us now is a man who's a friend of the show. Incredible conversationalist. (laughs) He's down at Radio Row. He's up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year brought to you by Nationwide. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Van Noy. Hey. I'm back. Hey, before we start, we everybody was like, you can't go on his show anymore. We're 0-2 when you go on his show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, now I'll be undefeated, so we're good. Uncaged. <laughs> Kyle Van Noy uncaged. Hold on. I have a question, Kyle. Am I being blamed for the collapse of the New England Patriots there towards the end of the I season? Can't, I can't give you that credit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for oh, real, man. let's talk about something serious. Being named Walter Payton Man of the Year is a massive, massive accolade in the NFL. It's not an easy thing to accomplish. You've got to be a good human, and it's one you'll carry for the rest of your life. I was Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Colts. I still talk about it and remember it to this day. Congratulations on all the incredible work in the, uh, in the community. Is that something you really focus on, I'd assume, yeah? Yes, I do. It's a big part of who I am as a person I want to give back you know I've I've given sweatshirts off my back that's just what I, that's what I'm about you know if someone's in need I'm there for them and without my wife and I's foundation the Van Noy Valor Foundation we strengthen those in our communities foster care adoption and struggling youth and we just want to give them success for the future and whatever it is they want to do and that's what I want to do with Nationwide I want, I want to take that next step nationally with them, and I hope I'm picked so I can. Hell that yeah. partnership's amazing, so hey, let's, let's go. let's go. Let's go. Hey, go and get it. I hope you go and get it. Do, when you win, do you have an award uh, speech planned? 
Hell no. <laughs> off the top, baby. You got to go off the top. Kyle, you're a very confident man. You're good on a camera. You're good in conversation. But some of those people that choose to go off the top at those award speech become viral moments for being terrible. Yo, I got to tell you a quick one. So the Patriots do uh, one they give every year. It's the Ron Burton Award, right? Okay. And they don't tell you. I go up in front of all the sponsors for New England, all my players, and I say I'm so thankful for the family of Ron. And before I even thought about it, I almost said Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> and I and my body just like stopped. And then one of my teammates is in the back like Burton. And I was like the Ron Burton family, right? So after I get done. I almost said right after Ron Burton, I almost said, keep it classy, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. You probably, uh, shout out, Anchor Man. You deserve to win the Ron Burgundy Award as well. Every time you come on here, I appreciate the hell out of your statements. Now, obviously, I have to ask you, hey, this year for the Patriots was different. This was a different year for you guys. This was a different year up there. There's a lot of conversation and chatter surrounding Foxborough, including you. I think you're a free agent as well. What is your future? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I, I, I only, the only free agent I know is Tom Brady. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you feeling a little bitter that nobody's talking about Kyle Van Noy being a free hell, agent? Hell no. I want to talk about Tom. Let's get it. We can talk about Tom. I've been, you know, I've been throwing up storms over here. I think on one radio show I said he's retiring. <laughs> another, one, another one I told him he's going to Las Vegas. Another one he's moving out of the country. I've, I've been throwing storms. He's going to have a hell of a time answering all my questions. <laughs> okay, hold on. So for the Pat McAfee show here, what do you think is going to happen with Tom Brady? I think Tom Brady's going to stay at home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it. He's going to Miami. I mean, there's a connection there. He loves it down there. Giselle likes warm weather. He likes warm weather. Why not? Hey, all of these things are legitimately possible. Let's talk about your future, though. What is your plan? Okay. What, what are you thinking? Well, you just had an incredible season. That defense was dominant. You got to be thinking yeah. that things are going to be very good for you this offseason as you hit free agency. Yeah, I think I'll have some options. But I want to do kind of what's best for my family. And I, I want to set up my, my little legend. Uh, financially so obviously he's gonna work his ass off uh, that ain't happening but if <laughs> things go south you know I, i'll have a plan set up for him so he can take care of himself what's your little legend's name his trey name? legend oh trey legend i forgot that's what his name that's an incredible yes. name that is an absolutely incredible trey name. Legend. Uh, now here's a question winning the walter payton man of the year in New England is a massive deal because that means you've taken care of that community in yeah. a beautiful fashion. Now you're hitting free agency. Yeah. Is that something that's going to like weigh in it heavy because you're big in the community up there? It, it is. I, I would love to stay in New England, not only because of the fan base and what Massachusetts now means to me, but more importantly, the players, and the friendships that I made with some of those players runs deep. You know, they're going to be, they're my brothers for life, what we've gone through. I know you said it's a different season in New England just because we lost and didn't go to the Super Bowl, but we made the playoffs. How many teams can say that? And not many. We did that, and obviously we didn't reach our goals, but I like how people say it's a different in New England only because we didn't make the Super Bowl, which is absolutely insanity. Kyle, but that, we still had it. Kyle, to that's, me, I still, we had a good successful season it just didn't end with the right result we wanted to of making it to the top isn't that insane though that that really is what this all spurs around the fact that the new england patriots didn't make the super bowl the super bowl is like a home for you guys shane leckler made like eight straight it pro is. bowls or something like that so they're like hey he has a little a legitimate locker at the pro bowl if he doesn't make you guys have a legitimate I locker room at the super bowl that's what it's felt like for the last 20 years <laughs> so anytime you don't hit that that's a massive like everybody's like oh they're dead yeah I do have a question for you. Yeah, do but... you feel, because I feel this, that it doesn't have the same juice this year <laughs> that it has in, in previous years? Uh, Kyle, this feels as if you're asking a question that has 
a very personal reason behind it and maybe a little bit of an no, ego? No, 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 no. It's more, it's, um, it's more, I'm speaking of New England. I'm not speaking of myself. I'm yeah. speaking of New England. Do you feel like the juice is different this year than previous years? I do think even the ju- going back, even you could go back all the way to the Steelers and uh, Cardinals game. Yeah, I guess you're right. It does feel as if there's not as much use. Now, granted, devastating loss at the beginning of the week to a legend in the sports world, right? So, that is true. So that, that, is true. that became that something. True. And I think even if you guys were there, that would be something that would have dominated the first half of the week because a lot of tributes to be true. paid to him. You know what I mean? But you're 100% right, though. Yeah. There's not a lot of storylines coming out of the Super Bowl other than everybody yeah. wondering if Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to defeat that defense. In your eyes, good defense beat good offense. You're a defensive player. I assume you figure that? That's tough, bro. I personally, I don't think these teams match up very well with each other. Okay, uh, that's my personal take. Defensively, they have strengths and weaknesses on the Niners. Offensively, the Chiefs have strengths and weaknesses. You know, but the Niners' offense is really good. The Chiefs' defense is playing good at late. Ah. Uh, it's, see, I just don't think they match up very well. Who do you think? You think? My opinion. You think uh, air it out offense wins over this whole thing? You think Mahomes will be able to figure it out? You think Andy Reid finally gets one? First time in 50 years the Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Andy Reid's a hell of a coach. Give him two weeks, but it's the same thing with Shanahan. I think the Niners will because they're going to get enough stops, and I don't think the Chiefs defense will. Oh, my. You have a question, Dix? Oh, no, I was just going to say earlier that he was saying that there's not enough or not as much energy around the Super Bowl. I think it's because the fans are like 50-50 split. When New England was in, 99% of the country was rooting against New England. That's true. Everybody hates you guys. Yeah, everybody hates you guys. I I think when you come on this show. solid point. Solid point. A lot of people tweet me whenever you're on the show that they don't want to like you. They would like to hate you strictly because you're a patriot, <laughs> and you make it very difficult. So that's something to think about as you go into this offseason. Well, you are in Colts Nation. You, you, you <laughs> love Indy. They hate, they hate the Patriots now. A lot of that heart. hate runs deep. Very, you very. even hate you even hate me, but you gotta like. <laughs> no, no, I respect it. I respect it, but I do think. Oh, here's something I have to ask you before we get out of here. Joe Judge hired as a head coach. Good hire for the yes. Giants. I think so. I think so. If he if he can, he has, he's a ball of energy. If he can take his energy he has and consistently each and every day line it up with that positive energy and not go woo-woo all <laughs> over the place, I think they're going to be really, really good because he's a really good coach. He loves football. That's not me selling him. That's just straight facts. He loves football. I mean, his country self speaking, he's all over the place. In his country, <laughs> but when he gets going, it's money. Like, he loves football. I, I'm excited for him with the Giants. Last Go question. Giants, right? Oh, <laughs> so they have a lot of money to spend, huh? Okay. Uh, last question before we get out of here is that uh, little brace that you have on your left ring finger the reason why the Patriots lost this year? Was that a devastating injury there? Or? Well, if it was on my middle finger, <laughs> it'd have been good, right? Hey, go win that uh, Walter yeah. Payton Man of the Year, brother, will you, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you, I appreciate it. Shout out, shout out to Nationwide, man, they're great. Hey, off the top there, that speech, I can't wait to hear it, ladies and gentlemen, Cal Van Dorn. <laughs> Thank you, baby. See ya. He's Undefeated, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated, man. Was Keep it going? Hey, I'm not making your head bigger i'm seriously i love what you're doing you're killing it man i thank you so much good luck go win that walter Payton man of the year yeah every thank t- you anytime you want to come on here you let me know okay and then the hair Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um he's a he's a good dude yeah classic very. dude man classic about dude. as good as they come yeah. yeah and everybody the first time he's on the show all anybody said was man i don't want to listen to this because I would like to hate the Patriots, mm-hmm. and he makes it very difficult to hate the Patriots. He's a free agent, though, and they just had a monster year on the defensive side of the ball for New England. Normally, you could tell if a team is good by when they cut a player, if another team picks them up, right? So there for a while on our team, we would cut a player, and nobody would pick them up. The Patriots cut a player. That person is claimed mm-hmm. on waivers the next mm-hmm. day. Just no, It's just like, hey, we trust Belichick enough that if he brought them in, there's a reason. 
he was in there, dominant there. He's going to the market. There's going to be a lot of money out for a little legend out there. Film junkie, film rat, Fred Warner, who's a, a budding young linebacker, another BYU guy, loves Kyle Van Noy, said he's the reason he's as good as he is now and he's improved as much as he is because he's Van Noy's the guy who taught him, hey, you got to watch film like this. And that's that's what Van Noy does for a lot of the other guys around him. Walter Payton, man of the year. Huge. That is that is something that says, oh, hey, off the field, this guy. Mm-hmm. Stud just as much as he is on the field. Good for Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Boom Booms. They're still going over there. I don't think there's a single human at the party, but they have been either testing the sound system to max... Or they've been having a party for just a couple of people. And if the couple of people just rented the whole place out, that's what I'm talking about. Honestly, that's what I'm talking about. We've, we parked a plane. There was more yachts and more big planes than I've ever seen in my entire life. Ever. There might be more money in Miami right now than any other city. Nah, Dubai probably. Thank you. There's a lot of rich people here. And if two rich people just rented out this entire party... And having them play max speakers. That's my favorite thing I've ever heard. And it could be happening. There's no one over there. There's, here's Diggs, by the way. Diggs just came into the conversation. We are standing at the end of a two-time Olympic-length <laughs> pool. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Two-time Olympic-length pool. We are in a place that we should not be. People walking by that we don't know, obviously. Palm trees everywhere. And the boom booms next door are still pounding. Now, I want to ask you one question, one question alone. When was the last time you were driving through a storm and thought, wow, I love you. Nope. I love not. Those words are blending together. Not being able to see when I drive. Yeah, you probably haven't. Now driving in bad weather doesn't have to be a headache thanks to the new Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades. These blades last through everything. Ty Schmidt steps up to bat. (laughs) Jeez. Out of the park, into the river. Michelin just put their new Endurance XT silicone wiper blades to the ultimate test on a world record-breaking 16,000-mile drive from Alaska to Argentina to show you just how durable these blades are. Rainier Zeitlow was the man behind the wheel, and he put the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades through ice, snow, rain, thunder, and wind, and the blades took all of it. These blades are crafted for extreme weather performance with an advanced quad-tech four-layer coated silicone that repels water, snow, and ice and lasts two times longer than other blades. The Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades are real-world proven for extreme weather performance. (laughs) Upgrade to the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades today only at Walmart. Joining us now is a man who's the greatest quarterback in the history of the Canadian Football League. He's the last person to successfully attempt a drop kick. He's a producer of cereal. Ladies and gentlemen, a Hail Mary hero, Doug Flutie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are you? I'm great, Doug. I'm so happy you're on here. You're a legend in the specialist world because of that drop kick. I was teammates with Vinatieri for a long time. He told me whenever he was up there that he knew you were going to be able to accomplish it. He knew you were good at that. When you did that drop kick, was there any panic or chance of you just completely shanking that off the back of a head and of offense alignment? It, it was a crapshoot, no doubt about it. It's a drop kick in the middle of that field was dirt and bunches of grass and I had to find a nice smooth spot to drive, and it was, I kept my fingers crossed because it could have gone anywhere. Vinatieri actually was on the brink of breaking a record with the Patriots or maybe a league record. Yes. And I kicked that drop kick at the last regular season point of the regular season. He had to wait till the following year to break the record. <laughs> so he, he wasn't very happy about it, but um, it was a fun moment. When I hit it, I knew I hit it solid and it was up and through and all that, but seriously, um, very good chance I could have gone anywhere, and it was the last play of my career. And if I missed that, my wife has to live, live with me the rest of her life. Because <laughs> that would have been I would have been one frustrated person. That was the last time you stepped on a field, right there. That was my last play. 
Did you knew it going out? You knew it going out there too. Like this is it for me. This is the last one. I've had this legendary career in Canadian Football League. I've come over to the NFL. I've had fantastic things. I did great in college. This it all comes down to the final taste in my mouth. Is this complete? Now, granted, I'm a pretty good drop kicker, but if you had to ask me to do it in the middle of the game, I have no idea how it would go with the timing and everything. It all comes down to this for your taste in your mouth forever. I did not know that. Yeah, I, and my wife's in the stands thinking the same thing. She goes, I'm going to have to deal with this if he misses it. She, she was the only one in the stands that knew what was going on. And I, you know, I realized I'm not going to play in the playoffs. We've got Tom Brady. we got, well, Matt Castle was there at the time, and I wasn't going to play. Brady's going to go win me a Super Bowl ring, hopefully. And um, she's up in the stands trying to explain to people when she sees me jog out in the field, she knows what's going on. And she's telling her friends, oh, my God, he's going to drop kick. Oh, my God. There's a, what? What are you? talking about no way so uh it was it was a tense moment for her thank goodness belichick told me like the two seconds before i ran on the field because we had practiced it to do it a couple of weeks earlier and ended up not doing it and hadn't even talked about it for two weeks so it was very spur of the moment and i didn't have time to get nervous i just ran out and did it Hey, we're happy for you. That's not easy to do. You're a stud for that. Now, let's talk about Tom Brady, who you just mentioned in there. Okay? He's older. You played until you were older. I think you could still play right now if you had to. What do you think is a realistic uh, expectation of Tom Brady here to finish out his career? I think he I, – I don't think he wants to end on a pick six. I don't think he wants to end on a bad taste in his mouth. He still is playing at a, a supremely high level. Um, I say I think Tom's got two or three years if he wants them. You know, I, it's all in motivation. What motivates a guy at his age that has had the success he's had? Um, for me, I, I'm still trying to prove people that I can play at, at 57 years old. So that's why I played. As, I played till I was 43. That's why I kept playing as long as I did. Tom doesn't need that, but he still is driven. And as long as he's driven, physically, it is not a problem. His arm is still there. The mental capacity gets stronger and stronger for him. And he still has that fire in him. And as long as that fire is there, he can play as long as he wants. I needed to play at, at 43 years old for me to be successful. I still had to be athletic. I still had to make people miss and move around. Tom doesn't need to do that. He needs his arm and stand in there. And he still has that. So the, the ceiling, I mean, he can play as long as he wants to play. But it, it, it comes down to how driven is he? Is the fire still there? And right now it is. The TB12 treatment, I mean, it's very, I don't know if they have the Flutie Flakes in the TB12 lifestyle, but is that, have you ever heard of anything like that? Have you Sunday, done, it's, That's a Sunday morning routine on the TB12 routine. It's, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> the TB12 thing is something that has captivated the attention of a lot of athletes, though. This ability to have pliability in your muscles and your pH levels and then the food that you eat and all that stuff. Is that something that you mess around with when you played, or did you just try to be. I stopped at McDonald's on the way to the facility. I grabbed pizza at night. I was, but I, I just figured I'm going to eat what I want and I'll run an extra five miles. I don't care. I, I was a workout nut. But my thing was I didn't lift weights heavy. I did very light lifting. I, I lifted on my legs a little bit. I ran hills. Walter Payton taught me to ran, run hills when we were in Chicago together. Um, that was my leg strength. I was about flexibility, pliability, and just staying loose and nimble. The extra 5 to 10 pounds of bulk were not going to save me from getting hurt from a 280, 300-pound guy. So I always wanted to be quick, light on my feet, and flexible. And it wasn't a science for me, but I think things are geared that way now. I think people that have all these injuries, I, I agree with Tom. It's, it's the flexibility, especially as you get older, which is much more important. Okay, so you just mentioned a man's name there who's up has an award named after him for being a good human, Walter Payton. Now, you've been around the CFL, the NFL, all of these legendary players. Who's one player that sticks out in your mind that you go, damn, that guy was a freak on the football field? Athletically? Yeah. Athletically, the first thing, well, for me, in Buffalo, Eric Moulds at wide receiver. It was crazy. To me, Eric Moulds was just, he got me to Pro Bowl. That's all I you know. Like e molds. He's one on one. He's getting the ball. I'm throwing to E. The other, well, I played with Walter right at the end of his career. But Ladania and Tomlinson came in as a rookie in San Diego, carrying the football. And he'd make guys miss in a phone booth. 
we were playing the Patriots. Two unblocked defenders coming through a hole in a simple dive play. He made a little jump cut, made a miss it was against the Patriots, up through 64-yard touchdown run. Um, his sheer ability to accelerate, make people miss, uh, was crazy. But uh, for me, guys I played with, those are the two that stand out to me athletically. I should have done more research. You were in Buffalo, Chicago, the Chargers, New England, CFL, anywhere else? USFL, Donald Trump, New Jersey Generals, my rookie year. <laughs> that league lasted. The, uh... Herschel, Herschel Walker was my tailback. Maurice Carthon at fullback. Kent Hall, perennial pro bowler, was our center. We had 15 guys on that team go to the pro bowl later. After the <laughs> I'm surprised Trump doesn't use that in his speeches now. I start a league. We have 15 pro bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it was fantastic. <laughs> Everybody's talking about Tom potentially leaving New England and going and playing somewhere else. And they're like, you know, the grass isn't always greener when you go to another organization. You've played in three different leagues, different facilities, different organizations. Is there something to that thought that Tom should think about, or do you no. do you find respect everywhere? The number one thing is staying in the same offense for year after year after year. Tom has built on that. You guys can come in. You can line people up right away. You can make adjustments on the fly. You can see things on the field. You can do things with terminology that just are instantaneous and a reaction because you've done it before. We did this five years ago against Green Bay. We did this against whoever. All that goes a long way to your comfort zone. If you go to a new team, new people, new terminology, it's starting over. And it's a nightmare. It's, it's just very difficult. I bounced around a lot. That was my biggest frustration in my career was I couldn't stay in the same system for a long period of time and continue to build on things. And that is a big, big aspect of it. And then you can go into a situation where the team is just not as talented and you don't even have an opportunity to win. Okay, so, like, for instance, right now, Philip Rivers is in Florida. He moved his family from San Diego to Florida. He wasn't willing to move to Los Angeles when he went to Los Angeles. But a lot of people are saying there's potential interest from the Buccaneers and Philip Rivers. That'd be a brand-new offense. It'd be a Bruce Arians offense. Is it, is it going to be very difficult for these quarterbacks who have all this experience in the NFL? They've been there, done that with everything. Philip Rivers hasn't won a Super Bowl, but damn near everything else he's done. Would it be that difficult to pick up a new offense at this later stage of his life? You can pick it up. There's a difference between knowing the offense and knowing your reads and then knowing it like the back of your hand. Got it. And, and being able to call on things instantaneously with the shot clock going down to three seconds on the play clock, and I want to change the protection, and I want to get to a route because I see this or that. It's something you've done for 15 years. It's, it's automatic to you. You recognize things, and you know now you recall is, Oh, let's get to the, what do we call that? Okay, we'll call it, the, and you're late. Or there's just that little bit of hesitation. It's, it's just different. It's not to the same level. Got it. Mr. Felitti, we're in Indiana. I take frequent trips to South Bend. All they talk about is getting Urban Meyer as the head coach of Notre Dame. you have any insight into that? I don't. I think careful what you ask for. Uh, Brian Kelly has won 10 in a, what is it, four years in a row with 10 wins undefeated season, playing for national championships, playing in the college football playoff just a year ago, an 11-win season this year. And he, he had gone undefeated and got beat in the college football playoffs a year ago. And this year, win 11 games. And I have somebody walk up to me in South Bend and say, when are we going to be good? I mean, <laughs> only, one, only one team wins it all. I, I think he's done a phenomenal job. Um, there's different there's different challenges at Notre Dame, the academic requirements. So Brian Kelly will not, and and he said it to me this year. He's like, you know what? We used to bring in one or two kids that were marginal a year that maybe we could get in, but you spend seventy percent of your time trying to keep that kid eligible and fight putting out fires and trying to help the kid. You spend seventy percent of your time with the one or two kids. It's not worth it anymore. They don't make that big of a difference for your program to have those. So he just, you know. He's going with his quality kids that meet the recommendations and the requirements at Notre Dame, and, and that's what you have. They still have elite athletes, that, especially in the defensive line, that go in top rounds and play in the NFL. They have that caliber of talent without uh, having to deal with a lot of the issues off the field. All right, Doug, before we let you go, where can I buy Flutie Flakes at? I'm a serial kid. Flutie Flakes, FlutieFlakes.com. Uh, 
yeah, we brought them out again this year. I went up to Buffalo. It was a phenomenal visit, and uh, they we're jumping off the shelves again. It's all for autism. Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism, so it's all to support that. Who's winning the Super Bowl this weekend? Team that scores the most points. That <laughs> boy, ladies and gentlemen, greatest quarterback in CFL history. I'm a Patrick Mahomes guy. I love spreading spread them out, wheeling and dealing and playing. And uh, there's just a lot of speed on that offense. I know the pass rush is great for San Francisco. That's a big matchup, but I'll, I'll go with KC. Ladies and gentlemen, legend in the football world, Flutie Flake creator, Doug Flutie. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, guys. Now, joining us, new head coach of the Washington Redskins, a man who could have taken any NFL job after what he did for the Carolina Panthers, the legendary riverboat gambler, Ron Rivera. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, with a buildup like that, I better not screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, uh, my first question, thank you so much for joining us, by the way. Congratulations on the gig. Why did – you could have taken – I don't know if you know this, but the rest of the world knew this. You could have taken any job you wanted as a head coach because of how high revered you are by everybody. Why the Washington Redskins? Well, you know what's interesting, Pat, was one thing that, that I did is, as, I was, as I got out of it uh, in Carolina, in my press conference, I told folks, hey, look, I, I, I don't want to wait around. I don't want to take a year off. I want to get back into it. I love the game. The game's been outstanding to me. Um, and I just feel I still have a lot to offer. Um, and so as I was going through the process and, and reflecting, the opportunity with the Redskins came up. And so I had an opportunity to, to talk to several people that knew Mr. Snyder, um, and a lot of positive things were said. And then I got connected with Joe Gibbs. And Coach Gibbs and I spent some time on the phone talking. Uh, then I had an opportunity to meet with Mr. Snyder. We talked about certain things. Um, he told me, hey, take a look at our roster. So I started breaking down their roster. I watched some game tape. I wrote, everybody I saw on tape, I wrote up. You know, Everybody from the kicker, the long snapper, the punter. I wanted to make sure I got that in there for you. <laughs> and then I, did off, then I did offense, defense. But then I looked at the roster on paper. And I looked at how young that team was. I looked at the last three drafts and the success they had with those players. Those guys were playing a lot of football, and they're playing pretty good, pretty competitive. Um, they worked hard at, 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 at competing. They didn't win a lot of football games, but they were young guys that played, and I thought that that meant something. But then, after sitting down with the owner, talking about his philosophy on things, talking about his vision, uh, the plan, the process, what he saw, what he thought, um, and then I shared my, my outlook on things. And we had a great conversation. When I finished with that, I went back and I met with Joe Gibbs. And everything I had talked about with Mr. Schneider, Joe was, was right behind 100%. We talked about that. And it made me realize that there's a fit there. There's a, there's a, there's a good fit. That's so interesting because now you know this, the PR behind Dan Snyder is not always a good one. So, yeah. I mean, so I assume that you potentially had in your mind like, hey, I don't know if I could do this. And after meeting him, you had a complete 180. Is that accurate? I did. I had a complete 180, but also talking to several people that knew Mr. Snyder on a more intimate basis. People that had worked for him, people that worked with him, um, and people who didn't work with him, but from the outside in knew what was happening. And so it was just interesting to hear their perspective. It really was. And everything seemed to match up. I, I did not come across a negative person um, other than people that were with them 20 years ago, 15 years ago. What I heard was all the positive things that people have worked with them in the last 10 to 5 years. That's awesome to hear, by the way. Can't wait to see you succeed there. To succeed there, you're going to have to make a quarterback decision, right? Dwayne Haskins there played great football at the end of the season. They were giving people headaches. Great teams, they were giving them real headaches. Alex Smith is coming back from an injury. You have the number two pick. You have a lot of big-time decisions to make. I assume you haven't been finalized on any of these, but which way are you leaning in that department? Well, the biggest thing is, and this is one of the philosophies that we carried into when I got to Carolina, and that was we had to ID who our franchise quarterback was. We've got to be able to protect him with a positive offensive line and tight end that can help block. Uh, and we had to put playmakers around him. And so that was our plan going forward. Well, looking at what we have right now with the Redskins, the biggest thing we noticed, Dwayne showed some promise. He did a lot of good things as a young quarterback. He was a first-round pick. Remind me a little bit of our guy that we had in Carolina. Alex Smith, as you mentioned, potentially coming back off the leg. If Alex comes back and he's any, any semblance of the player he was in the past, we've got a good player there. We also have a good young developing player, which means they're going to create some competition. These guys are going to push each other, help them develop. Alex's history with Patrick Mahomes is outstanding, dealing with a young quarterback, and we could get the same type of situation here, again, hoping that Alex is healthy and can compete. You look at this draft, 
There's a lot of big names at the top, but it's also littered with very talented people. You have a very valuable pick there at number two. Do you see a lot of work needed to the Washington Redskins roster, or will you take a shot on a big guy, you think? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Everything is on the table. I mean, we don't know what we're going to do with the number two pick. We know what's going to happen in front of us. Uh, excuse me, we don't know what's going to happen in front of us. They've got to make a decision first, Cincinnati does, and then we'll go from there. So we're going to take a look at everything. We're going to break it down. We're going to, we're going to interview players. We're going to scout players. We're going to go to the pro days. We're going to bring them out to see us. We're going to go through the entire process, and we're going to weigh our options. Um, nothing is set. I mean, our roster isn't set, but I do like who we have. We've got a lot of quality football players that we think if we can add some more, get them to buy into the way we want to do things, have them believe in the system, we have a chance. Coach, I don't want to ask you about the rearview mirror, but it's the last question before I let you go. Carolina Panthers hire Matt Rule. They have a massive decision to make down there with Cam Newton, or do they go a different direction? From what you know of Cam Newton, how do you think he's going to respond and bounce back? So I promise you this. If Cam's healthy and ready to roll, don't bet against him. I would, I would, knowing Cam as I've had for the last nine years, um, I would never bet against him. I, I just know that a healthy Cam Newton on the football field is a heck of a football player. Man, he, he's bigger than everybody, faster than everybody, and he's a maestro. We played you guys on Monday Night Football down there, and he was basically controlling the entire state of Carolina. It was unbelievable. That's, that's, that's the one thing about him is he can orchestrate a game, and, and it's almost like he's playing Madden because he sees things. And, and the nice thing is we've give, you know, we had given Cam the opportunity to do certain things, to make changes, to, 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 to you know, change plays, to, to, to create tempo if he had to. And, again, as I said, the one thing that we hadn't had in the last two seasons was a, was the healthy camp. Uh, everything he's done, the, you know, he had the procedure on the foot. The shoulder, he got to rest it all year because he didn't play after the second game. So, again, if he's healthy and if he's in, in the right state of mind, I would never bet against him. Coach, what are your thoughts on Luke Keighley, Luke Keighley retiring? Well, you know, um, I had an opportunity to visit with Luke beforehand and, and, and just listening to him talk. It was one of those things where the right situation, the right moment in time had come. You know, he, he, had, he had battled through, you know, several injuries uh, early on, um, and then a lot of his guys were leaving. There was a transition going on with the organization. So the timing for him, he felt, was right. Hey, I support him 100%. I, I really, truly do support him, and I'm very happy for him that he made the decision himself. Is he going to be coaching with you here in a little bit, huh? Hey, you never know what's going to go on with him. I tell you this much right now. I know he's fishing and hunting right now. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, the Washington Redskins got a great head coach. We're all very happy for you to be back in the league. The league wasn't as good whenever you weren't coaching. Good luck. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Rivera. Thank you, man. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it, guys. No problem. See you. Good guy right there. Mm Good guy right there. Good hires. success. Good hires. He had Scott Turner as his OC. My old radio partner, Jack Del Rio, is his defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. And you said it. There's a lot of quality. He said there's a lot of quality guys in that roster. That Haskins performance at the end of the year was Ooh. a lot better than I think I even thought it was going to be. Very interesting that he compared Alex Smith and Haskins to Mahomes. Like, thinking, like, hey, maybe Alex is going to start. Or Yeah, that's what he said. He's a good player. If he's anywhere near there, they'll battle. Also, you get Chase Young. That changes things up yep. quite a bit. I mean, that's yep. like a Bosa-level yep. impact player. What if defense. he would have just said, yeah, we're going to draft Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, he should have just said it right then and there. Like, Cincinnati gets Burrow. We'll take Chase Young. They've drafted really well in terms of quality defensive players the last five years. Amen. they got a good roster. They're giving people headaches. Good for Ron Rivera. Thanks to him. All right. That's the show for the day. I can't thank you all enough for choosing to listen to this. It was a feel-good Friday. I know you don't have to listen to this show, and the fact that you do... I appreciate Moy Mocho. If you like the show, please tell your friends. If you didn't, okay, if you didn't like the show, just just act like it never fucking happened. All right, well, have a great weekend. Hopefully the greatest weekend of your life. The superb owl on Sunday. I got the Chiefs. Let's see what the fuck happens. Ty, play some independent music. <laughs>